So welcome to this edition of The B Word, the show where we demystify everything to do with B2B branding, what it is, how it works, and why it matters for businesses. My name is David Davis, Design Director of Branding Agency Design by Structure, and your host for today's episode. Today we're going to talk about a branding project we worked on this year for a mental health and wellbeing charity called Brighter Days. And joining me today is Patrick Regan, OBE, CEO and co-founder of Kinsuki Hope and the author of Brighter Days. So welcome, Patrick, and thank you for joining me today to discuss the brand journey you went on with us. Pleasure. Good to be here. So let's uh, let's start by learning a little bit more about you and your journey. Can you tell us a bit about your background and how that led you to uh, co-founding Kinsugi Hope? It was at that time, actually, when I was at my utter lowest, that I came across the art form of Kintsugi. Kintsugi is a Japanese word that means golden joinery. And if we break an object, bang, we mend it with super glue. We hide the cracks. We pretend it's okay. But what they do in Japan is they, they put gold in the glue. So instead of hiding the cracks, they make a feature of the cracks. So arguably the object becomes more beautiful for being broken. It certainly becomes more unique. And, and that really motivated me to try and start something to support people's mental and emotional health. And so we started a new charity five years ago called Kintsugi Hope, and it's been going incredibly well. So it sounds like the charity was um, yeah, formed from a kind of real sort of lived experience. So it's very kind of yeah. close to you in that sense. And how did that kind of build onto actually finding kind of brighter day? We realized that the demands of modern living are taking their toll on everyone's well-being. And, you know, people say we're feeling more weary now, we're feeling more overwhelmed now, and we're feeling more anxious now coming out of the pandemic and trying to learn to accept uncertainty. And life sometimes can just feel too much. And I think we're all desperate to know, is brighter days, is there brighter days ahead? And so initially I thought of writing a book that would be full of practical tips for people to help them in their well-being, you know, stories of strength and struggle, but tools really to help people's mental and emotional, physical and spiritual health. And so we started doing that. We started writing a book. Writing a book takes a long time, yeah. takes at least a year. And, and then we were like, you know, this material could be so helpful. Our NHS is under so much pressure. I've had doctors say to me, do you know what, Patrick, a young person has to be on a bridge ready to jump before I have any capacity. And so I was like, well, maybe if we got this book out and we started helping employees train their staff to invest in their mental and emotional health, then actually that we can get to people before they have crisis points. And I guess that was the vision of Brighter Days, that, that we wanted to help people change their perspectives, invest in their well-being. So a bit like you go to the gym, yep. you invest in your physical health. It's a question, what do we do to invest in our mental health? And Brighter Days came out of that vision. What has been the kind of the major successes so far? You know, what's the kind of the biggest moment that has sort of stood out to you in, in this, that journey so far? Well, though the company was started a while ago, we're actually launching it like a public launch of it this September. So we're like, it's sort of been in the background there for a little bit of a bit of time and we've been piloting things. But the good thing about Brighter Day is it comes on the back of, you know, it's a subsidiary of Kintsugi Hope. And Kintsugi Hope, over the last five years, has trained um, 400 different charities, organizations, 
And out of those 400 places across the UK, 1,500 people have been trained and 10,000 people have been through the Kintsugi Wellbeing Groups. And these wellbeing groups, they're a 12-week course, a little bit like Alcoholics Anonymous, but around wellbeing. And they've happened in homeless shelters, schools, prisons, businesses, churches, women's refugee centers, and community projects. And during that time, we've created a network of trained volunteers who are passionate about supporting their communities. We've worked with the NHS and we've worked with universities and schools where there's been tragedy that's happened, particularly on the back of COVID. So I feel brighter days is surfing that wave that's been done over the last five years, really. So I think it's going to be really, really, really exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? What's the core principles within, within that book? Yeah, I mean, Brighter Days really is around, it's sort of based on the Kintsugi course of 12 weeks. And so it's tips for well-being. It's like, what are all those things that I've learned over the years that actually can make a huge difference? And I guess what I was trying to do with Brighter Days, the book, is to give people a slightly different perspective on well-being, just to try and give them a different view, a different way of coping with life. And just realizing that small steps that we take to improve our well-being are still steps. And so the book is packed full of stories, illustrations, poems, quotes, things that you can do, really practical things that you can do in your life to really help you in massive subjects. And what I've also noticed about books is books often start really, really well, then dip in the middle, then improve at the end. And so what I wanted today is take 12 really, really strong topics, you know, honesty, anxiety, depression, stigma, healthy relationships, forgiveness, huge topics, and and to really make sure each chapter was incredibly strong. And one of the ways I did this was when it came to some of the chapters, I used to ask people on social media, for instance, what is resilience not? And then within seconds, I would literally have hundreds of comments, you know, describe to me a helpful thing to talk to someone about, you know, a way to talk about anxiety. Again, hundreds of comments. And I thought, I think we're onto something here. These topics are so important for people right now. So, yeah, so it's really powerful about, yeah, speaking about kind of a different perspective and giving people the kind of the tools to to kind of help that. And obviously you speak about the kind of the 12 steps being a little bit of a part of Brighter Days as well as, well, um, as Kintsugi. How do the two um, things kind of work together? Are they slightly separate or they is they, they're very kind of symbiotic in the way they work? Yeah, so, I mean, the official answer is that Brighter Days is a subsidiary company of Kintsugi Hope. And I think Kintsugi Hope really started working off the back of the faith sector because it gave us a really good infrastructure in terms of safeguarding and community organisations. There's churches in every community across this country. There's schools in every community across this country. But Brighter Days is a vehicle that will take the best learning, the best practice into the corporate world. And, and so, you know, where many, many companies are have recognized that mental health probably is one of the biggest challenges that their employees are facing. And and companies that have done really, really well in terms of developing a healthy culture, and I always define culture as the way we do things around here. Every company has a culture, every organization has a culture. And it's saying, is our, is our culture healthy? And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the best learning from brighter days and we're gonna be training employees we're going to also be going into places like universities. I'm in a university in a couple of days doing training for 100 staff, into local authorities. I'm doing one in a couple of 
weeks time to 100 executives in a council and unpacking these issues how can we look after our mental and emotional health and how can we understand others as well who are struggling really interesting to know about what the vision is for brighter days you know where do you see it going in the next sort of couple of years you know what's the big kind of ambition yeah i think it's interesting when you get asked about vision because when people talk about vision they often then tell you a plan (laughs) and i think vision is always huge so if you define vision firstly as you know people define vision as vision is the art of seeing the invisible that produces passion and energy into people and i think for brighter days is that the dream's huge you know we want to see a world where mental and emotional health is understood and accepted with safe and supportive communities where people can grow and flourish. And I know firsthand, having struggled with my own mental health, is when I felt understood and accepted and having people around you who don't judge you, but are are willing to come alongside, not to fix you even, because we realize that we can't do that, but actually create a culture where they're going, you know, we're here to see you flourish and thrive. If we can get that culture into businesses, into schools, into universities, You know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is education. And I feel like in our education system, we are so stat driven. It's all about your GCSE grades. You know, I've got a daughter who's got additional needs and she's got autism, ADHD and an eyesight condition called nystagmus. And I was talking to a teacher and I was saying, I don't think she's going to get great GCSEs, but if there was a GCSE in teamwork, or integrity, or kindness, or those character development things, she would definitely do really well. As an employer who's interviewed hundreds of people during my career, it's those sort of skills that really matter to me as well. Competence is important, but competence can be taught, whereas those character developments are so, so important. So we've got a big vision of trying to see a real shift in society in the way that mental and emotional health is understood and accepted. So that really speaks to the, the name being that kind of, you know, the brighter days, that positive outlook for the future yeah. as, as well, you know, not just the now, the kind of the ultimate end state, which is really powerful. Yeah, which, which I think, David, was, was what you guys brought out because it was a really important point, isn't it? Because if you watch a lot of comms, for instance, a lot of communication, it's all negative and it's almost like it's trying, it produces anxiety in most people. And the challenge is most people don't know how to regulate it. So whether it's on your phone, whether it was on social media, it's constantly churning out. And I have literally traveled to some of the poorest countries in the world. I've been to 50 different countries. I've seen stuff which like, it's just been horrendous. But for all the undeserved bad in the world, you know, the human spirit is incredible and just how resilient and kind and generous people are and how they're willing to go the extra mile for their friends. You only have to go to an airport, don't you, and just see the human connection when people get back together or or watch parents meeting their kids at the school gate. And you're like, oh my goodness, there's so much good going on. And yet we don't often hear about it. So the whole talk about brighter days is, instead of making people feel guilty and full of despair, is actually to encourage people and inspire people yeah, it's that real positive outlook and, and positive play that will help, I suppose, in, in some respects, that helps obviously build people up and, and really, you know, live the vision of the, of the, the brand as well, which is really exciting. Yeah. And, and on the branding, and shall we speak a little bit about the brand identity, something that we worked on together um, earlier this year? I mean, 
in your mind, what was the aim for the for the rebrand? Yeah, well, I always think with anything, you have to have it in line with your values. And and I remember having a meeting actually with Design by Structure and, and John just really saying to me, you know, what are the key values that you really need to be connected to those? You know, and, I, and we were thinking, well, actually values for us is about being relational, you know. And so we wanted something that talked about the importance of people and the importance of that sense of things being brighter. So in terms of we wanted something cheerful, happy, clear. When someone looked at it, we didn't want them to work really hard to know what our message was, but to actually be drawn into it. And I remember we, we started talking about brighter days and the idea of this sort of small change can have a big effect. We came up with this logo, well, you guys came up with the logo, not me, and uh, which is sense of like, you know, I guess if you throw a pebble out on, on, a, on a lake and then suddenly it has a tiny little pebble, but it has this ripple effect. And the logo looks a little bit like that. It's a little bit like a rainbow, that sense of this could go in all sorts of different directions. And so I was really happy with the branding and, and just that whole sense of flourishing and, and life and felt very, very vibrant when you look at it. I think that was something that very much came out, yeah, as you say, from speaking, speaking together, because I think the, that onward effect was something we were very keen to reference in, yeah. in, in, in the mark. And I can see in the... You've almost got the, the cues to that in the book cover uh, sitting behind you with the kind of the layers and the sort of the rippling, uh, which is a really powerful yeah. kind of really powerful sort of subtle visual metaphor that's very easily understood. And who was the, the main audience? How did you want the brand to be perceived by the kind of the external world? Yeah, well, I think the audience came really out of the need that we were trying to meet, you know. And so we, we did some research. I did some research. You guys did some research. And we were looking at UK workers, we're looking at employees, and some of the stats that we came across were fascinating. You know, UK workers took over 319 million days of work for illnesses. Well, that's an, at an estimated cost of £43 billion to employers. So I think we were coming up with an argument going like, if you invest in this, then actually it's a good from a relational point of view and an emotional point of view, but it also makes complete economic sense as well. And then you dive into the research more and, you know, you just realize that mental health issues were the primary reason for time off work during 2021. And there were various reports that were said that basically they 19% of all lost working time across the country was due to mental health. And UK workers, I thought this was staggering, was taking so much time off. You know, we already mentioned 319 billion days off work for for illness so we are thinking like how do we convince employers to invest in their employees mental health another piece of research we found interesting was from Deloitte and Touche where they revealed that the cost to employers of poor mental health has increased and uh, and they're seeing that that employers see a return of around £5.30 for every average for every pound invested in staff well-being so it feels like there's never been a better time to prioritize staff mental health, particularly as staff are adjusting to new ways of working, hybrid, working at home. And so we wanted to make sure that we were really doing the case for support in a really effective way. Yeah, so really speaking to the employers and showing the kind of the, the urgency urgency yeah. behind this thing. I mean, those, those stats are pretty staggering. Um, when you kind yeah. of put them into sort of black and white numbers. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, you know, it, I think what a lot of people don't realise is even more stark than that 
is suicide is one of the biggest killers in our country, you know, and, and every suicide is preventable. In 2022, there were 636, sorry, 6,319 deaths registered in Great Britain when it was recorded as suicide as the cause, which means that we have someone taking their own life every two hours. And it also, which I found staggering, is the most common cause of death for those between 20 and 34. And also the rate of those under 25 has started to increase. And the other thing we know from looking at the research is that men particularly are really struggling with their mental health, but don't want to talk about it. And they're less likely to go and seek support. And so I actually thought Brighter Days is an amazing opportunity to speak to guys in, in work and say, look, guys, we've got to have a more honest conversation. And this is something you can do to invest in your mental health. I was speaking to a bunch of guys the other day and they were saying, you know, for a lot of them, they got into their 40s, they've got kids, and they started building up serious amount of debt. And they started thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I'm starting to cave. Instead of seeking help, they felt like I've got to just be brave. I'm, I'm the man, I need to provide. And then they get themselves into a really dark place. So I think understanding always challenges your perspective. And I think that since COVID, you know, things have shifted around and we need to understand where people are at in terms of their health at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really kind of heartbreaking to hear that that's skewing quite young, actually, you know, that's not something you necessary here of and I think that's kind of tying back to your analogy at the beginning that change of perspective really kind of and I think in some respects COVID was that sort of change in perspective because I think so many people became very acutely aware of these things because everybody was going through the same thing at the same time yeah. so and I suppose slightly gear shift but from a sort of founder perspective you know what were your sort of expectations of the process did you have any kind of preconceived notions of how it would work? I was really keen that we got our market research right, that we looked at what need we were addressing and what our USP was. I felt like when we looked at it, there were lots of online initiatives, which a lot of apps, which is fantastic. And so we looked at what can we learn from others, but actually that's already been done. And I think what we were offering in terms of in-person training was that sort of more relational approach, which we really wanted to come over in the brand. I think creation always of a brand or a charity or a business always involves vulnerability. I think you have to try ideas. I think the best people at innovation are those that are willing to try and put something out there. And so for me, just being really clear and you guys were brilliant at helping with this. You know, what's your mission? What's your vision? What's your purpose? What's your reason for being? And then working the brand out from those three fundamental points. And doing that together in discussion was really, really helpful. Because again, everyone brings different perspectives. Absolutely. And I think that that tying to the mission is so key to, you know, the Brighter Days is very kind of mission and vision driven. So actually those yeah. underlying pillars will really kind of help elevate it. And how you think about bringing those to life through photography, through color, typography is, is really powerful. And that's definitely something we've you know, worked very closely together with you to kind of make sure that that was really, really captured. And were there any surprises for you along the way? Anything you weren't, weren't expecting to see or hear or, or find out from a sort of brand or even from a kind of research point of view? I guess not surprised in the sense that I knew, I knew some of the issues. I, I was 
I guess I was just pleasantly surprised how good it was, <laughs> if I'm really honest with you. I was like, having been in lots of conversations over the years, you know, I've been a CEO for 30 years. And so in that time, you sit through many presentations. I think the unique selling point for you guys was, for me, was the way we kept to the values. And and I, I, I'm a massive values-driven leader. You know, I just think it's values are priorities. And so it's constantly going, what's the priority? What's what, what, How do we keep this to the, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing? And, and I was just pleasantly surprised that through the whole process, I think if you're not careful, you can drift. Um, ideas come in, you know, and great ideas evolve and you want to have that conversation. But at the end of the day, it was like saying, okay, we've got to keep this to our values. And for me, that was the must have, you know, we need to have something that's clear and totally in line with what we believe is important. Yeah, and that, that really, you know, again, yeah, really ties in with the, the, the company itself as well, that kind of very values-driven approach, I think is really important. So were there any must-haves for you in, in, in the brief, anything that absolutely had to be to be very present within the brand from either a visual or verbal point of view? I think, well, one is it needed to be really compelling and visually. So there's nothing, <laughs> you can't have something called brighter days, which looks... <laughs> like um, a stormy day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it needed to be that bright, vibrant. I also realised that, you know, we're, we're going to be doing a book that's going to be printed thousands and thousands of times. And so just getting it all right, you know, the, the, what text we use, what, what the logo was like, how it will all sort of filter together. Also on the back of Brighter Days, there's going to be a live chat show that will go across the UK. I think there were, like, there's 10 shows already booked. And so it was to take things which were, can be adaptable to different contexts. And so you'll start seeing the Brighter Days logo in so many different contexts, whether that's on t-shirts, as t-shirts being designed as I speak, whether that's going to be, you know, in posters in universities, I just think having something that you recognize and the logo by today is just epitomize that for us so much. And so a strong logo, strong branding, knowing exactly what you're getting and the feel as well. You know, I often say things are more caught than taught. You know, when you look at something, it gives you a feel. And I think when you look at the whole Brighter Days website, it gives that feel of like, this is lively, this is vibrant, this is good for me. And, you know, the colors that, that were all sort of bright and vibrant. And it, yeah, it's just given us, i tell you what it's done. It's given us a really good platform to then take other products into the market as well, which is what we're looking to do. Yeah, that, that, that kind of tone, you know, you, you, your first instinct is you just, what they will say whenever you meet someone for the first time, that first impression is so, so kind of powerful. Yeah, and I think that ties doubly for kind of brands. We often speak to clients about the importance of kind of trusting the process. Was that something... Was that an important factor for you to kind of trust this process? Yeah, 100%. I think, I think it's about relationship, isn't it? Any relationship is built on trust. And, and I think you build trust by delivering when you say you deliver. And, and I think that is, that's really, really important. And, and I think also, like, as time goes on and you, you feel listened to, you know, I've often said in the whole world of mental health, actually, people start to heal the moment they feel listened to. And I think that's the same in any aspect of life. You feel listened to, you feel understood, then actually you're more likely to trust the people that are involved in producing the product for you. So, and trust doesn't happen overnight. I think that's why like this, you know, 
doing this project with you guys, it took a long time. And I think there was part of me that was a little bit impatient, if I was honest, like, I just want to get it finished. <laughs> and, but actually, it's better to take your time. You know, it's that classic proverb, you know, if you want to go on your own, if you want to go fast, go on your own. If you want to go further, go with other people. And, and I think that's definitely true. I think sometimes I have a habit of being a bit of an entrepreneur. So I just want to speed off, get things done. But actually taking people on the journey with you means ultimately you're going to build a solid foundation, which you're going to be able to achieve things, go further eventually. So, yeah, trust is massive. And I think that's in any part of life, but definitely in this type of process. Yeah. And I think especially, as, as you say, you know, the whole journey being on the journey together, you know, seeing all, all the kind of iterations and development that that's very much done with the intention of building trust and making sure that, yeah. you know, the the other individuals in that process feel like they're being listened to or you know that little bit there oh, I, I sort of suggested that you know you feel part part of the process which is really powerful yeah. do you have any kind of key learnings from from the process that we went on together um, any kind of standout moments or anything that you really kind of stuck in your mind good question I think to be honest anytime you guys showed me was a standout moment <laughs> you know suddenly when you see something being created, when you see something before your eyes taking shape and you come to the meeting and I, they go, I just want to show you what we worked on. And then they're coming up with these incredible photography or brand ideas or, and the thing of inputting into the content and the wording and the feel of it as well. And you're like, you know, you've got this thing in your head and then you're like, oh my goodness, that's what I meant. <laughs> and you're starting to see it visually and, and you know, that for me, I know the impact that this could have for people. And so, yeah, every meeting, I, I loved it. I came off the meeting completely buzzing. And normally, you know, I go into Zoom meetings thinking like, dear God, not another Zoom meeting. I'm not sure I can cope. But actually, when you're creating something with people, that's that's a really special place to be. So, yeah, every meeting we had was a highlight. I loved hearing people's ideas. I loved hearing people look at something slightly differently to me and finding common ground, which I think is what we found a lot of. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you on the endless Zoom meetings. It can be a bit a bit daunting, but it's, yeah, it's glad to hear that that was so kind of well received. And I suppose, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give to any other company thinking about sort of starting out on this process? You know, you've obviously been through this a few times and but are there any kind of, you know, top level points that you think are really important? Yeah, I think sometimes when you go through a process, like I say, it can take quite a while. And I think the thing that's helped me and, you know, everyone's a different personality and, and, and stuff. But I think the famous research guy, Simon Sadiq, he talks about the golden circle, doesn't he? And he talks about, it's not what you do. It's not even how you do it. it it's why it's always thinking, why am I doing this? And when sometimes when you go through a long project, you can get bogged down into the detail of it that sometimes you forget the why and I know as a CEO I always feel like and a leader and people that's involved in all sorts of different other projects as well I'm constantly going why are we doing this what is what is the purpose and so if you can always go back to your purpose then actually that's what motivates people I think you know and and I think that's really important and I, and I think we did that well you know, I was always surprised and having talked to some of the team, they said they found this whole process for them really energizing because I guess they got the why and they knew why they wanted to be involved in this. And so, yeah, my big advice, I mean, there's loads of 
things that you could do sort of i guess with the technical side and and that but but i think remember your why yeah because that, that very much ties into what you're saying um earlier around building trust you know if, if, if you understand why you're there that you know everyone's yeah. on the same page for you know a slightly more kind of it means that everyone can kind of come along on that journey, really understand and really know that, okay, this is why we're here. That's what we've got to do. And that's kind of what we've got to achieve. So it's a very powerful, yeah, it's a very powerful and um, beginning tool, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously some of the subject matters we spoke about are very, very emotionally intense and quite, you know, can go to quite a dark place. How do you kind of reconcile building a brand that gets across the severity of the, the issues being faced while still maintaining that kind of positive outlook. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good question, and I guess that over the years I've always reflected that you cannot have a brighter day unless you acknowledge there's a darker day. And you know, there's such a fine line, isn't there? They often say there's such a fine line between laughter and tears, for instance. It's a very similar emotional response, but just very very different. And and I think the challenge with anything like this is that you don't want to minimize how tough stuff is for people, but at the same time, you don't want to leave them without hope. And, and if you look at the Brighter Days brand, there's sort of almost this like rainbow branding that we've gone for, which is when you realize that the issues that we face are the same, you know, I think someone said to me, there's not a personal issue in the world, you know, we respond personally to stuff, but there's, there's stuff that everyone's been through stuff and it's, it's reassuring to know that. So I think trying to get that across in a brand, trying to get that across in your messaging is absolutely vital because I think people need hope, but people also need to feel that you have a level of empathy for where they're at as well. And I think empathy is, that's a really important point. I think empathy isn't, I think Brené Brown says this, the famous research professor, isn't saying I'm standing in your shoes because reality is we can't stand in someone else's shoes. You know, different DNA, different personalities, different backgrounds. It's their story. But I think empathy is believing what people say about what it's like to be in their shoes. And so we have to understand what's going on. And that's why it was so important with the brand to understand, you know, why would someone want to try and take their own life why is these massive issues around anxiety and self-harm try and understand the issues and then try and produce something of real hope within that issue i think that's really important it's really powerful to hear that there are no you know that notion of there being no personal issues because at some point someone has gone through the same thing as yeah. yeah very powerful and kind of positive way of thinking about that so thank you for joining us today patrick it's really great to speak to you about your kind of brand journey and we really look forward to joining you in October for the Brighter Days events that you invited us to. So just before we sign off, is there anything, anything else you'd like to share with us before we close? Brighter Days is there to support employees in their well-being. So if, if you're listening to this and you think, actually, yeah, I really want to invest in our staff's well-being, and then we've got programs that look at resilience, courage and change, how to have healthy relationships, Perfectionism, which I think is a fascinating one to talk about because perfectionism and trying your best are two really different things. And I think that if we're perfectionists, particularly in certain industries, it's really, really tough actually on our employers because you want them to try their best. But perfectionism and a moving target, you will never hit. 
And so we talk a lot about that. So if these offer, you know, these offer of these programs can help your company, then please get in touch with us. Go to the Brighter Days website. Book's out in October. Again, please get it for your employees. And hopefully, you know, through partnership, we'll be able to make a massive difference in people's emotional well-being in the workplace. Thank you for listening and join us next time on The B Word.